Well, hello there, Islander fans. We're back. We finally decided to do another show. Well, we uh, had to. We had to. Yeah, the season was kind of starting. And that's important because when you listen to this, opening night will have already happened. Yes. Which is amazing. I was looking at my TV before. We're recording this Wednesday night, and I saw Blues versus Penguins. And most importantly, the TV was muted, so I didn't have to hear Mike Milbury do color. <laughs> Yes. Which is the most asinine That's, decision NBC's ever made. That is very disappointing. Like, listen, I wish the best for Eddie O. He's uh, dealing with cancer mm-hmm. right now, he, so he's, he's recovering, he's getting treatment. I wish him the best, and nobody will ever replace him. But Mike Milbury was the worst choice of person, of personnel, that they possibly could have went with. Yeah, no, I, I don't think I've seen one person that was like, oh, Mike Milbury, yeah. <laughs> person like, insight. No. Uh, yeah, no. Just go with no color purge. Just have Pierre do it from between the benches. Would that say, would like, be better. People love to rip on Pierre. I think, like... Actually, for, do you know what would have been even better? Silence. <laughs> Silence. But as much as crap that Pierre gets, he knows his stuff. I agree. And I would rather, much rather listen to Pierre oh. than uh, Mike Bilberry. So much more. Also, uh, terrible. Rest in peace for Dave Strader. Oh, yeah. That really That was a really me. tough that one. That was a upset. few days ago. But uh, one of the great voices of oh. hockey. Gone. Hate, screw cancer. Yeah. I yes. That, I that really that Screw affected cancer. me because uh, as a as a rising broadcaster myself, yes. uh, I was listening to him, looked up to him. So uh, the thoughts are with his family, of course. Mm-hmm. But uh, we do have well, we don't have any happy news to get to. We have to talk about all well, the hockey's other, back. That's hockey's happy back. News. That's Islanders the important are thing. The corner, baby. And you know what the happiest thing is? You get to listen to Brendan Burke and good Butch Goring very, very soon good. on your television, very and good. Chris King on the Islanders Radio Network. You get, you get to listen to him and all. Uh, the D- New York Islanders radio network people, and Greg Picker, of course, his partner. Shannon Hogan as well. Shannon can't Hogan, can't forget her. Uh, and, uh, of course, uh, the Islanders radio back on uh, WRHU, our alma mater. Look at that. Look, look at them. Still All those news, college baby. kids still do it. Still in the news, baby. And everyone thinks they're gone. Well, they're still behind the scenes, people. Well, they've got some good people over there. They do. No, I meant everyone thinks because of the, oh, the no, new yeah, deal that they're not still around. Confirming. But they are. Yeah. Yes. Um, what do you want to open with, Nick? I mean, we, we last episode we covered the Hammonick news, and then the Islanders did absolutely nothing else. Yeah, no, I'm trying. I'm opening this book, season. and it's all dusty. It's exactly. been a while since like, we looked Like I'm at looking it. at the roster. Did anyone change? No. Uh, I feel like it's been a, just a lot of rhetoric going on with uh, all the arena stuff. Yeah. Uh, uh, listen, we'll address Islanders that. Went back to Nassau Coliseum they for did. a preseason game. Well, they won in overtime. Look at that. Exactly. We'll talk about all of this with Christian Arnold. Yes. In a few moments. And. They submitted a proposal for the Belmont site, the RFP. They put it in. They had a deadline about last week. They had their deadline. Yes. They put it in. So now it's, so a waiting, did, it's a waiting process, a waiting period to see uh, what's going to happen with that. So did NYCFC. They also submitted a proposal. Yes, although it's not in New York City. Yeah, but okay. That make they still put, exactly. they still put it in. They still put it in. Um, now it's up to New York State to decide. Exactly. Uh, there's a lot going on. Uh, I, you know, I was against the Belmont proposal just for the simple fact that there's enough arenas in this area. Which there are. There's way too many, to be perfectly Mm -hmm. honest. And now what I'm curious about, what happens if Belmont says no? Like, what happens if Belmont doesn't go through? That's a million-dollar question. Because there's no other options after that. There's the minor league Coliseum and the Barclays Center that don't want you. Yeah. The the answer is, I don't think there are any other answers. I think... Ledecky, Malkin, they have put all their chips into mm-hmm. the middle of the table and saying, Belmont. And Seattle is building a new arena. They want an NBA team back, but you know what else they want? They do the great National with hockey. National Hockey League. Yeah. They do great with hockey. Yes. 
Kansas City has a brand new arena. We've been saying that for years. Quebec would love a team. They're very small, though. But, I mean, they're still trying, yeah. Yeah. But, like, that's all I'm saying is that someone's got to realize that this could be bad in a couple of months. Because not only will you not have an arena, you won't have your best player anymore. And if you don't have your the best arena player. and John Tavares are tied together. Yes. And we uh once we talk to Christian Arnold, he go he'll go a lot more into uh yeah. the I wouldn't say a tense situation, but uh, it's very intriguing and it's uh hanging on a thread of what's going to happen with their and captain. Listen, just because Tavares isn't signed yet does not mean he's not gonna sign an extension. Yes. And I think he's just waiting it out. And from all the reports that we've seen from Arthur Staple, especially from Arthur this is a guy that wants to stay really bad. Yeah. Like, he really wants to stay, but he just needs assurance that he's going to have an actual place to play in. And the not Islanders Barclays. need to give him a reason to stay. Exactly. Yes. I mean, they finally gave him a winger. It took them, how, how long has he been on the league? Nine years at this point? Somewhere like that? Well, he was drafted in 09, so he would be in his eighth, eighth season. Eighth season. Coming in his eighth season. And they finally got him a real winger. Finally. Was- it took them that long. Things are changing, baby. But like, up and up. they also need to give him a home. Yeah. Well, I mean, that's been a problem since I was born. Yeah. They've been looking for a home. Since we were both born. Yes. It's ridiculous at this point that we're still talking about this. I just want to talk about hockey. But the fact that we have to open our show talking about the Islanders are homeless and John Tavares is currently walking around Brooklyn with an empty cup well, this is your to try and stuff. find yeah. I could have come in here talking about the excitement of preseason. Listen, this I don't. But, ass but it doesn't names. matter. That's the uh, the cloud hanging over the New York Islanders franchise There's right now. There's always a cloud. Nothing matters on the ice right now because very soon there might not be ice to play on. Well, that's not true because if JT realizes that the team around him is crap, then he would just walk. That too. But he. I, but what I if he, he realizes that? That's also a possibility. What if they come out and they're seven and twenty-six to start the season? Well, if that. I would be stunned if that happens. Of I course, would be that's, too, that's but... a dramatically terrible record. Yes, I, but, I just uh, came up with a record out of my butt. But I think a slow start to the season isn't isn't likely. No, at I least don't from think it is either, because I think Doug Wade has changed things quite a bit. Yeah. Let's get into the preseason talk, right, You baby. want to talk about it? They didn't Let's lose once. 6-0-2, I believe, was yeah. the record. They didn't lose Look in regulation that. once. It looked good. Barzol looked amazing. All right, Barzol looked saying? pretty good in the preseason last year, too. I wouldn't say he looked as good as he did now. Now he looks like a player that's ready to play with other NHL players. That's true. So, uh, very intriguing from him. This team, they're moving up and down the ice, man. This is not this is not a Jack Capuana team. Yeah, and it's, it's very, about time. What was I screaming about all of last year? You know, and they you're play right, slow you're right hockey, that. and finally, Dougie, thank you. And you could see the players are reacting to it. Yeah. They're buying in. Dougie, wait, he's a young guy. What are you, he retired, what, it, felt, it feels like two years he ago he retired. He with Tavares' rookie season. Yeah. And brought a new coaching staff, entirely players that he relates to, like Scott Gomez. I was Scott listening Gomez. to another podcast, uh, Puck Soup. It's a very good very podcast. Good. Uh, and they had Brendan Burke on. He said something along the lines of 5,100 wins and, like, five Stanley Cups between the coaching staff. Yeah. Or 5,100 games played, excuse me. 5,100 wins would be quite a bit. Games played, though. That's a lot of weight to carry around. Uh, I see what you did there. What? A lot of weight to throw around. Uh, See, look at that. Hmm. Impressive. But seriously, though, and a lot of younger guys, so there are some veterans, and especially for the young guys, those guys that you watch when you were younger and wanted to be like. You wanted to be like Doug Waite. You wanted to be like Scott Gomez. I still want to be like Doug (laughs) Waite. 
Very charismatic. We I think we always say that every time we mention it, of how great of a guy he is. Awesome, awesome guy. I would run through a brick wall for the guy. I would too. I mean, he's proven that he's a good coach for this team right now, especially with the way they finished last season. And you know what? I don't know. We'll get to our predictions later. I don't know if they're going to make a deep playoff run. I don't know if the team's talented enough, especially with the questions on defense and goaltending. And how tough the division is. And how tough the division is. But I think they're at least going to be competing for a wild card spot. Oh, yeah, no. I think wild card is most definitely in the question. I mean, you look at uh, top to bottom in this division, you got Pittsburgh, you got Columbus, you got the Capitals, you got the Rangers. I don't think the Capitals are going to be as good as everyone thinks they are. I mean, it's still a team you have to discuss of Ovechkin the top teams. is not good anymore. Still have Nicholas Backstrom. I'm sorry. Nicholas Backstrom is probably one of the most underrated players in the game. I agree with you. He always has been. But I just think that everyone relies on Ovechkin and looks at him as one of the best players in the NHL. He's not anymore. By the way, you still have to recognize of how good Washington is no matter what. And you have a team in the Carolina Hurricanes that a lot of people like of what they did this offseason and think that they may be able to sneak in. You had the Devils who improved. I understand they had the first overall pick last year, but they improved in the offseason. The, the Devils are uh, But they're still, they're they still be got team. better. They the still Devils got aren't better. A, they got better, but they're not a threat to make a and, playoff run. They're a threat to beat you any given night, but any team is because it's the NHL. And the Philadelphia Flyers as well. Uh, a team yeah, that's I'm not sold always on them. Well. I'm not sold on them. All right, well, I'm, I'm just giving you, especially from the top, the first four that I mentioned are legitimate teams. We'll to get to about. our preview later. Nonetheless, we're talking about the Islanders right now. This is overtime on the island. Of course, on islandersinsight.com, we're on SoundCloud, iTunes, all of that. He's shaking off the rust, man. Yeah, we hope the show is pretty pretty good <laughs> for you. Um, timely. Timely, very timely. I, 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 I like the first episode. Um, <laughs> Arthur? Uh, you just threw me off. <laughs> you, you just we're, threw me off. We're talking Islanders here. We're talking Islanders here. Talking I know. Islanders my my here. brain's not computing other things right now. Now you're just thinking about Larry Davis. Exactly. I just want to hug him. <laughs> And be angry with him. But nonetheless, the Islanders, listen, I don't think we have to talk about the forward group much. I think they're much improved. You have Jordan Eberle uh, with Tavares and Lee most likely, and that's going to be terrible for all play-by-play broadcasters. Lee and Eberle on the same line. Um, With Tavares, you've got a good second line. I think Josh Bailey, if you can do what he did last year, you're good there. And you have guys like Brock Nelson uh, and other things. that You have a good forward group. I don't even need to go into them because we know – that they're very talented, and I'm most excited for Josh Hosang and Matthew Barzell to mm-hmm. make their first true NHL season. Barzell obviously made his debut last year, played, what, six games, I believe, and Cappy had him in and out of the lineup because Cappy was a terrible coach. And Joshua Hosang played in 12 games at the end of the year, or excuse me, 20 games at the end of the year around there. He played very well. And scored 12 points. That's what it was. Yes. Or played in 20 Look games, played, scored 12 points. I'm excited for both of those guys to make a big impact at the NHL level. And... The NHL has gotten so much younger. I mean, you look guys like Connor McDavid, Austin Matthews last year, Patrick Laine. You need younger guys. Mm-hmm. I mean, you need to rely on veterans, yes, but it's the younger guys that kind of get the motor going. And, and they kind of get the spark plug. Hosang and Barzil aren't those guys. We're not going to tell you. Yeah, that. Uh, yes. Barzil does have the potential, I think, to be has, up there. He has wow ability. And even Joshua Hosang does as well. They have that wow ability, but not superstardom, mm-hmm. but they're they're the type of players that could spark something for this team, exactly. which we haven't necessarily seen besides John Tavares in the past few years. The important thing that we need to talk about, though, is the defense. Yes. Because That's a big question. you got rid of Hamannick, and I, listen, Garth Snow, I don't understand what he's doing here. You, you, you get rid of Hamannick, 
I understand I know 100% what you're saying. I'm going to let you finish here. That he needed to go to Calgary to be closer to his family. Listen, I understand that 100% he needed, uh, and he got what he could from them because they didn't have another defenseman to send, and you didn't really. I gave you Johnny Goudreau for Travis Hamannick. I understand that. But the fact that he didn't use those picks to go get something else, it's a not a win now move because the first round pick's not going to do anything for you. But you're, the way you're thinking about it is very short sighted of how you're looking at that trade. That's looked as that piece from Calgary is looked as something that can be flipped at the trade deadline for what? Matt Duchesne. Okay, Wait Matt for, Duchesne's not getting traded. Joe he, Sakic is terrible. Okay. He's not going to trade him. Matt Duchesne looks like a sad puppy about to be executed. I'm saying, and push is going to come Colorado. to shove, and they're going to realize that they're hurting their team, and they're going to have to move him. For I'm what? not saying they're going to— What are the Islanders going to trade for him? I don't what? know exactly the pieces. Exactly, exactly. No, they're not going to trade anything. But that doesn't have to do with anything right now. He hates trading pieces. Garth won't move any of his young players. Once he gets these young players— he won't and, trade them. And Bar- Barzell, what he did in preseason, exhibit A, B, and C, why he doesn't oh, okay. want to move him. What he did in preseason. But yes, he still sees the potential and wants that to grow. He wants to have that in his lineup. Let's hope he actually does something with it. Okay. Let's hope Matthew Barzell's a star and you don't need Matthew. I don't think, even if he, and I'm not but saying when he that defense this is season, Swiss he still cheese. have value. When that defense is Swiss cheese, that's going to be a problem. I don't think it's going to be a god-awful defense. I don't think it's going to be god-awful, but it's not going to be good. You don't okay, have if you have an average price back there. If you have an average defense and a good forward group, I think you could live with that. Okay, you don't remember. You don't have Carey Price back there. That's all I'm saying. And not not everyone has Carey Price. You don't have Carey Price. You don't have Henrik Lundqvist. You don't have a top goalie in the league. You have Yaroslav Halak and Thomas Grice, and they played well. It's, it's going to be an interesting how he juggles that dug weight between Thomas Grice I'm and Halak. He's going to ride the hot hand. That Pulak, I think, could be a stud, but he's more of an offensive defenseman. Boychuk is injury prone. Letty is an offensive defenseman as well. He sometimes yes. struggles in his own end. Thomas Hickey has been not as good as he was two years ago. He was not good last year. Adam Pellick is steady. Adam Pellick is steady, but he's young. You don't know what you're going to get from him. Dennis Seidenberg had a good season last okay, year. Calvin DeHaan had a good season Calvin last DeHaan, year. Calvin DeHaan, another guy, you don't know what you're going to get from him. He still had a good season last year. You he can't did. take that away. I'm not taking still a away young guy. Him. I'm not taking anything away from him, but all I'm saying is you have so many question marks on defense. And yes, it's valid to have those question marks, but to go back to your your beef with the Travis Hamannick deal and why it wasn't just traded for something, you make it seem like he had to make that trade and right away get a piece for it. If you're getting terrible offers for that first-round pick in a market that's not really moving forwards, why trade that away now and get rid of it for a guy that you think is going to be okay? Well, you're not going to get it rid of for something. You're obviously going to have to make the, the right deal. Yeah, but if there's not a right that. deal out there, why why move it? Or keep that pick for now. I guess you're very short, very short sighted. You're saying trade this pick now for something I, when that something isn't out there. You're mad that he still has that pick. Yes. it doesn't make any sense. I am. I am. Oh, look I'm at that! <laughs> I'm very upset with Garth now. I won't. I, he shouldn't have out. a job. He shouldn't have a job. That's the, the main point of what I'm saying. But I literally just showed you why you were really an idiot in that I'm not, process. Don't call me an idiot. That's in that, in that thought process, you were an idiot. No, no, yes. I'm not. Yes. The thought process that he up. needed. Is Mark an idiot? Yes or no? The Actually, thought... yes, yes. <laughs> the thought process that Garth needed to improve the team more. And he did. Okay. He got Jordan Eberle. He got one piece. And if you. If he... The team is almost exactly the same. I don't know. Let's see how, let's see how it plays out on the ice, man. I know. That's, you know what? Why are we talking you about You saw that? the results at the end of the season last year. 
So I mean, I, I yes, I, I believe me, I understand it's preseason. The yes. Lions went four and zero in pre in preseason before they went zero and sixteen. I understand it's preseason, but you can't deny that this team has looked very good I on agree. the ice. They look very good on the ice, and you know what, Nick? Neither of us have seen them in person on ice, but you know what? Christian Arnold has. So let's get uh-huh. to our interview with Christian Arnold of IslandersInsight.com, and uh, here it is. All right, we're joined now by managing editor of the fine blog that we do this podcast for, Islanders Insight, and his name is Christian Arnold. Hello, Christian. You're one of my favorite people. How are you? <laughs> well, thank you guys so much for having me on, Nick, Mark, and Chris. Way to brown nose that one, man. What? I'm not brown nosing. Oh, you are a little bit. <laughs> you know what? Christian hasn't fired us yet. So yeah, that's the important part. <laughs> and maybe he's feeling generous because, you know, hockey season's finally here. Exactly. We're so excited for it. And Christian, with hockey season finally starting... We want to ask you something about uh, something that happened three weeks ago. Uh, the Islanders went back to the Coliseum. <laughs> I really, I'm so curious yeah, about did. this. Nick and I weren't there. You were. What was the atmosphere like? And is that building something that can hold an NHL team for 41 games a year? Well, I'll answer your second question first. The answer is no to that. Yeah, absolutely not. It's a small venue. It's a minor. It's a wonderful minor league facility. If it was home to the Bridgeport Sound Tigers or any other AHL or ECHL team, it would be the nicest minor league sports facility in either of those leagues for an nhl team it's just not uh it's not suitable locker rooms are too small the seating's too small not to mention the fact that there's only 11 suites that have been renovated to uh usable standards at the nassau coliseum also when you think about it you look at the facility like bridgeport um webster bank arena which has almost twice the number of suites as the nassau coliseum and that's an ahl facility so the answer to your question um, in short, is no. The atmosphere to the, in that building on Sunday was great. It was what you expected. There were people tailgating. It was a lot of fun. It was very, um, you know, it, there was a lot of memories in that building from, from when people went. So obviously it was a very sentimental moment when people walked back into the new Nassau Coliseum. And uh, for that, that moment in time, they enjoyed being there, and it felt like you were back in 2015. But at the same time, it felt like you were back in 2015 as far as some of the uh, structural things that weren't really changed. The concourses are still very small. Um, the press box really hasn't changed. Not that re- fans really care about that too much. But there's these little things that still haven't changed with the Coliseum that really prevent it from being also a lot of big things that haven't changed the NASA Coliseum that prevent it from being uh, a major league facility. All right, we're talking to Christian Arnold again. I want to get all the negative stuff out of the way first. So I'm going to ask you... <laughs> The Islanders are homeless right now, basically, after, what, next season, is it? They're kicked out of Barclays Center, I believe. Uh, what's Draw, this? Something like that. Something I, like that, yeah. I'm 100% sure, yeah. Do we have any idea what's going to happen? I mean, John Ledecky and Scott Malkin have been silent since they took over this team. They have not talked to anybody since they took over the New York Islanders as operating managers or whatever you want to call them as owners of this team. So we don't know what their mindset is. We know the Belmont thing is a big thing that they want to do. What is the solution? Because as of right now, it seems like Belmont or, what, Kansas City or Seattle? Well, right now, there's there's several things going on. Obviously, the Belmont uh, proposal was submitted to the state of New York, um, so that'll be under consideration. Obviously, now that, that, that the bidding has closed, we know that NYCFC is also bidding for land there uh, to, to build a, a new uh, soccer arena there for their team, although from what we have understand from a couple of reports from the New York Times, Newsday, this is, that's not their preferred spot. And for them, it makes a lot of sense not to go into too much detail, but NYCFC, New York City Football Club, if you're playing out on Long Island, you kind of defeat the purpose of being called New York City Football Club, among other aspects from their fan base and, and a lot of other stuff. So Belmont right now is the Islanders' main uh, 
main focus as far as a new arena. They're obviously also renegotiating their current lease with Barclays Center, which could mean a number of things, which could mean if Belmont is approved, if they if they win over the bidding uh, and, the New York, and New York State approves them, that they could renegotiate a lease with, with Barclays Center to stay at the Barclays Center until the new arena is built. Uh, potentially as a, as a stopgate sort of situation, going back to Nassau Coliseum for a year or two while a new arena is built. Um, so right now, that's kind of the focus. There, there's really no plan B that we know of. It's either going to Belmont. It's either staying at Barclays Center. We know that Nassau Coliseum is not a real option for the Islanders unless there are major, major, major changes, which uh, it doesn't really foresee that. I don't really foresee that happening. You know, Gary Bettman's gone on the record saying that he doesn't see that as a, a suitable facility for the Islanders or any professional sports team. And uh, it's been widely reported that John Ledecky and Scott Malkin do not want to go back to Nassau Coliseum either. Although, in Newsday quoted them, uh, John Ledecky after the Coliseum game is saying that obviously it's something that they, the the fan reaction and everything that took place uh, that Sunday on September 17th is something they need to take into consideration as well. And obviously. That's something Barclays officials are pushing as well because they don't want, A, a new arena in Belmont competing with the Barclays Center or Nassau Coliseum, um, and B, you know, if they want to continue to make money of sorts, having the Islanders at Nassau Coliseum where they're also where they're guaranteeing 41 dates at that building certainly puts some money in the pockets of people of the people who helped renovate the, the Nassau Coliseum and who built the Barclays Center. And uh, Christian, of course it's important that this team finds a new home, but uh... – the elephant in the room is, what does this do with John Navarez? It's come out that he's waiting to hear on whether the Islanders do get this home or not. Once their home arena is finally finalized, how do you think this entire situation is now affecting John Navarez, upper management, the players in the locker room, knowing that he's going to this season without a contract after this season, and it's all depending on what happens with Beaumont? I'm sorry, I've never heard of this John Tavares guy. <laughs> No, yeah, but uh, the number ninety one. Number ninety one. Pretty good. Pretty pretty good. Pretty, pretty good hockey player, I guess. Um, no, in all seriousness, I think if there's any team really equipped for this situation, it would be the New York Islanders. When you think about the roster that the team has at the moment, a lot of these guys have been here for a very long time, um, and they kind of know what's up as far as dealing with a lot of the off ice stuff that goes on with this franchise, whether it's the arena situation, whether it's the Varus contract, whether it's just a matter of fact that the success rate for this team has been, uh, you know, up and down the last few years. So I, I think if there's an organization that's really built on or built for the situation for the Islanders, a lot of these guys know the drill. They know what, uh, they know how to block out the outside noise as far as arenas and, and contracts and all this stuff, you know, ownership and all of that. They've dealt with it before. It's nothing new to them. Um, I don't think it'll really be an issue on the ice for for the players, for the coaches, for John Tavares himself. I don't foresee it being an issue that, that takes away concentration uh, for these guys on the ice. Because think about it, too. If you're John Tavares and let's say that he does end up going to free agency, you want to have the best season possible to say, like I, I to, to say to potential teams, you know, you need to pay me X amount of dollars. I mean, you look at what um, Connor McDavid did earlier this summer as far as getting a contract extension done. Jack Eichel. Jack Eichel the other day. Um, Those are some pretty hefty contracts. And if John Tavares is the player that we all think he is, and he's shown the last few years with the New York Islanders, he's going to command somewhere around that that price range that the Eichels and the McDavid's are getting because he is one of the top players in the National Hockey League. So 
he's going to want to he's going to kind of solidify that place as far as his stature in the National Hockey League. Not only just because he wants to win. That's John Tavares's uh, you know main focus, I think, in, in all actuality, is he wants to win. He wants to win a Stanley Cup. Um, but on the business side of it too, you want to have a good year so you can justify uh, the Islanders who were, or any other team for that matter paying them paying him the big bucks wherever he goes. So I, I don't. I know it's a big question. I know when any team comes into New York or Long Island, they're going to or they're going to be asking about John Tavares. They're going to be the reporters are going to be asking about his contract situation, especially when Toronto comes to town or when he goes north of the border. But I don't foresee it being a major issue as far as obstruction or any of that uh, goes this season, just because this is an organization that has dealt with distraction uh, a lot, to say the least, for the last few years. And Christian, let's now bring this to on the ice. And preseason-wise, uh, any uh, worrying about John Tavares has not shown because the team actually has looked really good in the preseason and didn't lose a regulation game or didn't lose a game in the 60 minutes. Uh, just from what you've seen in preseason leading up to this regular season, what what have you noticed about this team on the ice? I mean, I, I, it's the first thing that comes to mind is the youth on this team. Obviously, mm-hmm. Matthew Barthol was had a stellar preseason this year. He led the team uh, in goals, I believe. He was one of the best players on the ice night in and night out when he was out there. Uh, he made an impact every time he was out there. You know, there's going to be some learning, learning curves, but this is a different Matthew Barthol than you saw last year when he appeared in two games for the Islanders. Um, you know, he's come a long way. Even just from rookie camp, when we saw him earlier in the summer, he's come a long way, and, and it's going to be a very exciting year for the Islanders as far as their youth players. Josh Hosting, obviously, uh, always electrifying to see when he's on the ice, and um, whether it's preseason, whether it's practice, he's going to be another player that's that's certainly going to help a lot of the players around him be better as well. You look at a line potentially of him playing along Brock Nelson, or or um, you know on a line with Andrew Ladd or someone like that, that's an exciting thought because those are guys that could that will benefit from having Hosang on the line, and those are guys who will, who will benefit benefit Hosang from having them on the line working with veterans like that. So, uh, you know, the, a lot of youth on this team, it's going to be exciting to watch those guys. Uh, Anthony Bovillier, obviously, going to try and solidify a spot on this roster as well. He's made the team. He's going to be in the lineup opening night. But after that, it's up to him to continue to make the roster. He'll be interesting to watch. Um, and then it's just, and then it's the defensive side of the ice. Obviously, the big question comes down to: Is Ryan Pulak going to be in the roster opening night? Is that Pellet going to be in the roster opening night? Uh, is Scott Mayfield or Scott Mayfield going to be in the uh, uh, roster opening night? And then it comes down to how well are those guys going to play along with the rest of a defense that's decent. I don't want to say it's bad. I don't want to say it's good. It's it's right in the middle right now. Um, Nick Letty is Nick Letty. He's always a solid player in his own zone. Obviously, a good offensive defenseman as well. Uh, the big question around Johnny Boychuk is: Can he stay healthy? How much is his age going to impact that that as well? Um, and then you have a couple of guys who are decent. Thomas Hickey, obviously, you know what you get with Thomas Hickey. He's a solid defenseman. He's a solid third pairing defenseman or seventh defenseman on a lot of NHL teams. But on the Islanders, you're looking at him more in a bigger role too. And then Calvin Nahan, obviously, he has to have a big year for the Islanders as well with the absence of Travis Hamonic. He, uh, that's a big hole that the Islanders need to fill. And without Hamonic, they lose a, a, you know, one of their best defenders on the ice from last year. Even if he wasn't the healthiest last year, he was still one of the team's best defenders. And, um, you know, that's a big hole to fill. And you're asking a lot out of Calvin Nahan or, or Thomas Hickey or, or Ryan Pulak or whoever gets that spot or whoever 
is asked to step up in their role. You're asking a lot of them. So there's a lot of uncertainty with the Islanders as far as that position goes. And then goaltending was great in the preseason, but again, it's the preseason. So we'll kind of see how it shakes out once the games start to matter. Talking with uh, Christian Arnold, managing editor of Islanders Insight. And Christian, kind of sticking with the uh, younger players and want to shift this over to uh, Doug Waite. Feels like in uh, years past under uh, Capuano, Younger players would get somewhat of a chance, but he would rely more on the veterans to try and get the job done. We saw from Doug Waite in this preseason relying on the guys like Barzil, Hosang, Beauvillier, and seeing what they can do. And we've seen Doug Waite talk about how he wants to see these young players succeed, and it may be willing to sacrifice some of those veteran guys. What is Doug Waite being around for his first full preseason and training camp as the head guy in charge done for this team so far in your eyes? Well, I, I think that's the biggest thing. That's the most noticeable thing right off the bat. Is that if you're a fan who's not there in and out to watch the practices every day, you're going to notice the fact that there are a number of young players on the opening night roster uh, for the Islanders. You're going to notice that guys like Farzal and Hosang and uh, Beauvillier and Pulak are all on the opening night roster and that this, this coaching staff is not going to be afraid to give them the opportunity. And you saw it last year, too, with, with, with Wade. You saw Beauvillier get a lot more minutes. You saw Hosang obviously, called up, and he got a lot of minutes. Seeing 21 games, he obviously had a very impressive stint there. Um, but you're seeing those guys, even Ryan Stroman is here, too. Um, you're seeing those guys get the opportunities that they didn't really get under Jack Capuano, and that was obviously a big, big um point of contention for a lot of fans the fact that the younger players weren't getting the, the time and the, and the roster spots that I think a lot of people thought they deserved um you know it was no secret that uh, Ryan Strom and Capuano were not each other you know each other's favorite people they certainly had their um you know kind of hang-ups during the season obviously when, when Strom would be the benched or he would kind of be the whipping boy for Jack Capuano um and, and obviously during Capuano's stint as the Islanders head coach, there are a number of examples. You know, Niederreiter, um, another example of guys who just didn't, or younger guys who just didn't get the roster spots and, and playing time that they, they needed to develop. And I think you're going to see that as one of the biggest differences between Capuano and, and Wade is that Doug is not afraid to give those guys minutes. Doug is not afraid, afraid to give those put those guys in situations where they're going to have to step up and they're going to have to sink or swim, uh, especially early on here if the Islanders are going to, be competitive and going to be uh, in a better spot than they were last year when they struggled out of the gate. So that's the biggest noticeable difference. If you're a fan and you're just kind of a casual observer, you'll notice that a lot of younger guys are getting those opportunities. I think too, just the pace of practice, just the pace, excuse me, the pace of um, uh, training camp has been a much more up-tempo in your face um, kind of practice and, 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 and training camp which is a lot different than Jack Capuano, which was, um, you know, not to say it wasn't intense or it wasn't hard, but it wasn't consi- uh, it wasn't that way consistently. Um, and I think that's something that, that Wade has kind of stressed more of. And um, I think those are the two biggest things that you've seen differently uh, under Doug Wade so far. And this new coaching staff as a whole, too, which will be interesting to watch with, with a couple newbies as coaches, a couple more veteran assistant coaches on, on, on the staff this year. Uh, it's certainly an interesting mix of, of of coaches that Doug Wade has assembled. So th- there's some obviously some noticeable difference. I think those two are the biggest, though, uh, from uh, as far as the difference between Wade and, and Capuano. Speaking with Christian Arnold, managing editor of our fine blog, Islanders Insight.
Christian, the biggest worry I have about this team, and I think this is everybody's biggest worry, you touched on it a little bit before, the defense. They get rid of one of their best defensemen yeah. mm-hmm. in Travis Hamanick. They get a couple of draft picks, which are great if you're a rebuilding team, but they're not so great when you're in a packed Metro and you're trying to win now. I still don't understand it. Listen, I was ca- calling for Garth's head for the longest time this offseason, and then I understand you want to get Hamanick back home, but the fact that you get those picks and don't trade them to make the team better – Leaving huge hole on defense is not right to me. So I think the biggest hole is defense. How do they overcome that this year when they lose a rock like Hammond? Well, I, I think kind of what I was saying before, it kind of goes back into that into that question. It's you're going to rely on a lot of young guys to step up. You're going to rely on guys like Calvin Hahn to play a much bigger role. Um, Hahn obviously coming off his best season to date as an Islander or in his NHL career as a whole. Uh, last year, where he was, you know, healthy for an entire season, which is something that has not been something he's been able to do. So the Islanders are hopeful that he can stay healthy again this year. They'll be hopeful that he can step up in a big spot. Um, you'll also be expecting a lot more from Nick, from guys like Nick Letty. You're going to need Johnny Boychuk to stay healthy this year. You're going to need uh, Thomas Hickey to give you the same solid performance you got last year. And then you're going to need those those younger guys, the Ryan Pulaks, Adam Pellick, Scott Mayfield, whoever ends up in the lineup. Um, and it's still kind of unclear as who's going to be in that opening lineup, who's kind of won out that sixth defenseman spot, or is it going to be a rotation of a couple guys? So you're going to be asking a lot out of some young players so, and um, to kind of fill that role and, and step up. So I think it makes all the sense in the world that, that people are concerned about the defense because certainly when you look at the roster, you look at the forwards, you okay, okay, the Islanders' forward core is not anything that stands out other than maybe Jordan Eberle and, and John Tavares, but it's still pretty good. You got a lot of young players that offensively have been producing over preseason, even last year. That that will hopefully take the next step. But defense is probably where Mark is right. Uh, it's the most uncertain because you have a lot of guys that don't have a lot of NHL experience being asked to fill in for uh, Travis Hamonic, fill in for um, you know their best defenseman that the team has had the last couple of years, and that's and that's not an easy thing to do. And and like I said, you have Nick Letty, who's an experienced defenseman, who um, you know always gives you the best, and he's one of your best defensemen as well. But you need him to step up. You need Johnny Boychuk to be healthy, and you need Johnny Boychuk of 2014-15 to really be the Johnny Boychuk you get this season for things to go well. And then, like I said, you need those young players to step up. So it, it's certainly an interesting position. And then. One, you have to wonder, too, how that plays into the goaltending. Obviously, Thomas Grice and Yaroslav Falak have had tremendous efforts in the preseason part of the schedule, but they're going to be asked to also do a lot because there's so many questions in front of them that those guys are going to have to be stellar as well to step up and make those big plays and make those big saves when you have a mistake on the defensive end that allows it an imposing team. You know, you're, Mark was talking about the Metropolitan. It's a very good division it's a division you see a lot of. So you're going to be asked those guys to make up for, make those big plays, make those big saves when you have a guy in front of them, um, like a potentially a Ryan Pulak or Adam Pellick, make a mistake and you have a guy like Crosby or, or um, Ovechkin or um, a- anyone in the Metropolitan. Christian, if Ovechkin's not good anymore. He's not, Ovechkin's <laughs> terrible. Come Relax. on. He's not good anymore. Don't Don't name him. Uh, fine. Marcus Johansson. I really? Know. Marcus Johansson's the next name that comes to your mind? All right, Mark. But you get the point I'm trying to make. Sorry, I'm sorry. I, I just want to point out to the listeners, 
we're friends with Christian. So when I, you know, annoy him like this, it's all I'm good friends fun. with him. I don't know about you, Mark. Okay. Yeah, I think we're using the word, the term friends very all liberally. Right. Here, all right, Mark. Christian. I want to ask you one more Nick. thing. <laughs> this is our season preview episode, obviously, and we're, we're waiting for what, a day before the season. We're very timely here. Uh, give us your predictions for the Metro for the Islanders. Where do they finish? How far do they go in the playoffs? If you have them making the playoffs, and then who's your Stanley Cup pick? Who over who? Oh, all right, all right. So let's go. Let's go Metro first. Um, top three teams, I think, are going to be the Penguins. I see Columbus, and I see Washington there, uh, and then. Uh, the Islanders, I think, are going to make the the second wild card spot. They'll they'll make the playoffs this year. I think that, despite all of the questions, and I'm, I might be a bit optimistic here, I think the Islanders have enough talent on that roster that they'll overcome some of those questions and they'll surprise a few people. I think the offensive contributions they're going to get from Barzal and Hosang and um, having Jordan Everly on the top line with John Tavares and actually getting a full training camp with, for John Tavares to really be able to mesh with a new line mate certainly will help more than it did last year when you had the uh, kind of the chaos with training camp starting with the World Cup of Hockey going on. So I think that helps, and I think the Islanders uh, make the playoffs under the new uh, Doug Waite regime and coaching staff. So that, that's that kind of the way mean, That must mean you have four teams coming out of the Atlantic as well. It's it's tight. There are a lot of good teams. You also, it's really a tough to call. Some of the teams. It's a tough call because you look at teams, um, Carolina's going to be in the mix. Um, I'm trying to think. New Jersey, I think a lot of people are. New Jersey got better. Yes. Islander fans Jersey, are loving oh, you right now because you haven't Jersey said the word Rangers. The Rangers are going to be in there. I don't. I, the Rangers are still the Rangers. Henrik Lundqvist is still one of the best goaltenders in the National Hockey League. I'm sorry to any Islander fan who who, who doesn't agree with that. But sorry, he still Islanders. is despite his <laughs> despite the fact that um, his team has not found a way to actually get him a Stanley Cup, which is an absolute shame. Um, that, that they haven't been able to do that. But if you're an Islander fan, I guess you're happy about that. But um, the Rangers are going to be right there, too. I think they're they're another team that that's going to be in the conversation. I think they make the playoffs, too. It's just it's such a tough thing yeah. to call right now because there are so many good teams in the Metropolitan Division alone. Even the bad teams are still probably the better teams in a lot of the other divisions. So, right. Who's winning the Stanley uh, Cup, Christian? Who's going to win the Stanley Cup? That's another tough question. Um, just give me two teams, who over who. Oh my God! You're really point blank. I know. Okay. I want to put you on the spot. I love All this. All right. All right. Uh, I'm gonna go Tampa in the Eastern Conference. Right. Okay. I'm gonna go Edmonton in the Western Conference. Ooh. Tampa beating them. So I think I just basically picked the uh, the EA Sports Simulation. My what, God. What the EA Sports Simulation called. I can't uh, watch no, to wait to watch Connor McDavid versus Dan Girardi, who uses cement in his skates. <laughs> <laughs> he will dance around him. Final right there. Yeah. All right. Christian Arnold, managing it at Islanders Insight, going with Steven Stamkos to win his first Stanley Cup, and uh, no Islanders going to the Stanley Cup Finals. Huh. Uh, I think that would be even even the most optimistic Islander fans is not that uh, optimistic. That would be, right. that Maybe would be the Islander fans on NHL 18 will get them to the yeah. Stanley Cup Finals. <laughs> All right, Christian. There you go. Thanks a lot for joining us. We appreciate it. Thanks a lot, Christian. Always a pleasure, guys. All right, thanks to Christian Arnold of uh, our managing editor, our boss, for coming He's on and boss. talking some Islanders hockey with us. It, it, it goes right into it. It's a good transition from the end of Christian to this, our predictions. Oh, man. And I'd like to point out that last season, at the beginning uh, of the year around this time, I chose the Nashville Predators to make it to the Stanley Cup Finals. And, Nick, will you remind our listeners what happened last year in the Stanley Cup Finals? The uh, Nashville Predators made it to the Stanley Cup Finals. Wow. 
I don't want but, to call myself an oracle. But uh, no, no, there's no buts. There's a big button. in this no one, my friend. I mean, only there's the a Nicki one, Minaj size button, my friend. There's only the one attached to you. There's no other big butts. There's a Nicki Minaj size no. butt here, my friend. And then no. we did our playoff predictions. I don't. Who recall. did you pick? I don't even remember. I yes, you all did. I remember because we picked the same team to represent the West. Guess well, the Blackhawks. Yes. Yeah. That was stupid. The Blackhawks suck. So you get you get partial credit. All right, let's do our predictions for this year. Let's go Western Conference first. Western Conference. Oh, man. Yeah. Uh, let's go Pacific Division. Who's making the playoffs? Uh, who's making the playoffs from the Pacific? Yeah, we're not going to pick playoff teams. And I'd say I'm, I'm just trying to think of it over as a whole Yeah. As in the West. Uh, I have the Golden Knights uh, finishing first. I don't okay. like that. Uh, I'm going to go Ducks number one in the Pacific. Okay. Then the uh, the Oilers. All right. Oilers. Then the Sharks. Hmm. I can't decide if I want five teams from the Central. That's the big thing here. I don't. So I'm going to go with the Flames. So you have Ducks, Oilers, Oilers, Sharks, Sharks, Flames. Flames. And then who do you... You want me to do Central also? Uh, I'll I'll do Pacific then. Okay. Uh, I will have Edmonton first. Okay. I will say Ducks... Are second, Flames are third, and we'll put the Sharks fourth. Okay. Same teams. uh, Different order. I see L.A. as a fringe team. I don't like L.A. I mean, like, it's, their team's like, they they struggle to, like, it's a struggle to get in, but once they're in, their team is dangerous. I guess. I, I, I need to look over the Central again to decide if I, they're a fringe team right now. They're a fringe yeah. team for me. The Central is too good. Because I'm going to oh, go... Wait, Colorado? Ooh. Okay, Colorado is obviously the worst team in hockey. Uh, I'm going to go with the Wild, number one. Then the Predators, number two. All right. Uh, third, I'm going to go with Dallas. Really? I really like Dallas. Dallas They've got very... firepower. I... No defense, but firepower. They do have Ben Bishop, though. That's true. But they still have no... And can, can, the can Hitchcock effect. Yes. He's a defensive coach. And then uh, I'll go with St. Louis over Winnipeg. So I, I like St. Louis as that four spot. Robbie Fabry's out for the year, though, but I still think uh, they have. So I, I'm sorry. So you have Chicago out. They're Chicago's not in the play. Out. No, they're not. Really? They're, they stink. If it was 2013, <laughs> they'd be great. They signed Patrick Sharp. They got Brandon Sod back. He, it's they Sod's have, a nice player. Oh, my God. He's a decent He's player. He's a decent player, but, like, they traded Panarin. They Panarin is a good back, hockey player. Patrick Sharp is an old hockey player. You do realize that this was the best team out of the West last year. They're not making it. I'm just. I have Chicago missing the playoffs. Uh, I think it finally hits them. No Marion Hosa either. I like how you're like, oh, they stick. It's not 2013 when you pick them to win the Cup final last year in the playoff prediction. But then you realize how you bad were they scorned, are. You scored. That's year. why you were Let's scorned. Go. Let's go. Pick your central team. <laughs> I'm sorry. That's pick I, it. that's really funny. Pick it. Uh, you know what? I'm gonna go out on a limb. Dallas wins. The central. Oh, okay. You just pulled that out of your ass. You know, it's uh, I've always I've loved that the offensive five part, like you said. Oh yeah. I mean, Jason Spezza, he's like the third best guy that they have on their offense right now. Jamie Ben would be the first. And Tyler Sagan as well. Yeah. So I'll say I'll just for for shits and gigs, uh, Tyler Sagan and the Dallas Stars. What? Okay. Continue. <laughs> you know, you're shaking your head. No, at I didn't me. realize we started cursing on the podcast. Let's go. Dallas first. Chicago second. We'll go. <laughs> Nashville, third. Okay. St. Louis. 
gets the fourth spot. How do you keep Minnesota out of the playoffs? Oh, you're right. This is really tough. Uh, you already made your picks, so you're, those are in stone. Atlantic Division. Oh, I'm kind of regretting leaving Minnesota out. But, you know, stick by my guns. Stick by your guns. Stick by my guns. Minnesota's bad. I didn't say they were bad. Well, you had them missing the playoffs. That entitled, that means bad. Over right. half the teams in the league make the playoffs. Or ha- exactly half now. All right, Atlantic? Atlantic. Uh, I am picking. Go first? You're going first? Me? Do you want to go first? I'll go first. Okay. Uh, sipping on this juice really hard. Love in Toronto. Oh. Love in Toronto. Okay. I mean, Mike Babcock, I mean, anywhere he goes, this guy knows what to do. He gets results. We saw it last year with a bunch of rookies. I think they make a bigger step this year. Montreal will finish, actually, no. Montreal will finish third, Tampa third, or Tampa second, excuse me. So Toronto, Tampa, Montreal. You're going to go five with the five in the Metro. I agree with you. But. I'm going five in the okay. Metro. So I'm going to go a different order, same teams, Lightning, Maple Leafs, begrudgingly the Canadians because they're not that good. But I, I like them better than the Senators and the Bruins. Yeah, that's fair. And the Panthers stink. Red Wings are god-awful. Good job, Panthers, Franz. Panthers are interesting. By the way, how bad does Franz Nielsen feel about himself right now? Hey, you guys, he's he has a brand new arena. He's on a tire fire. He's on a, that's true. He's not homeless. So, like, he's not homeless, but he's going to lose for the rest of his career. Yeah, so, that's, that's a tough break. I, I don't know. Detroit's, Detroit's uh, not good. I guess we're getting to the Metro division now. Good old Metro. This is the toughest division. Right? Should we go... Since we both have five, you want to go, we go both one and one of who we Sure. Think. I think our ones are both the same. Pittsburgh. Ooh, I was going to say Carolina. No. No. Okay, okay. Penguins first, yes. Listen, I like Carolina. I don't think they're a playoff team yet. Yeah, they'll, they'll be a fringe team. Yeah. Scott they're Darling, first time as a starter. No dice. Okay. So what's your second team? My second team, I will go with the Columbus Blue Jackets. Okay. Really like Columbus. Uh, I'm going to agree with you. As much as I hate John Tortorella. Hate. Who do you hate more, Capuano or Tortorella? Tortorella. Everyone hates Tortorella. <laughs> By the way, I can't wait to read Sean Avery's new book. Apparently, he trashes Tortorella. Ooh. That's, that's going to be a good read. That's going to be a read. Uh, Number three. Three. You go. The New York Rangers. I'm going Rangers, too, wow. actually. <laughs> this isn't good for a Greek. <laughs> uh, yeah, I'm going to go with the Rangers. Hey, I think Lundquist, with Shattenkirk, we'll help their power play addition. quite a bit. A lot of younger players yes. on the team now. Flip Scheitel is somebody I'm interested about. He's this guy from the Czech Republic, one of their right. first-round picks. They kept him on the roster. I'm very interested about him. They are thin down the middle, though. Yes. That's the only problem. Number four, I'm guessing you're going to go with Washington. Yeah, I'm also Number going four. Yeah. Wow, we're going to be exactly the same. Uh, number five. Are we both going to have the Islanders as the fifth? I have Islanders as the fifth team. Yeah, I'm going to have them as the fifth also. Last year, I'm pretty sure I had the Islanders second in the Metro, second or third in the Metro. Yeah, we were both we were both smoked a little before the show, obviously. But uh, hey, and then Jack Capuano came around and said, "Nope." Yeah, I mean they they got derailed at the beginning of the season. If this was a team that played at least half of what they did in that first, in the beginning of the season, if they played a few games better, it's a playoff team. Yeah. So, I mean, it's still a hard division that they're fighting for. It's still a tough Eastern Conference. They still find a way. I think a full year under Doug Waite with the young players that they have, with John Tavares, Jordan Everly now on his side. Anders Lee had 30 goals last season, 30-plus goals. And this is a playoff team. It's, I understand there are questions on the defense, rightfully so. They're making addition. They it's made, a playoff team, but it's not a, a deep addition. run. 
Yes. Because they would be playing either, in our scenario, Pittsburgh or for you, either Toronto or Tampa Bay. I don't think they beat any of those teams. It would be it would be tough. It'd be tough. Yeah, I mean they did be they got a good draw last time this happened to them. Yes, when they got Florida. Um but I don't think that'll happen again. It's it would be I would say well, I mean of course I guess upset by seeding wise, but I think they have the capability of pulling an upset, but this is a this is a team right now that goes at max for the second series. Yes. Stanley Cup. Stanley Cup. Nashville Predators. No, this Tampa is Bay Lightning. Ah, uh, like I like I'm looking at these teams, and then you think you're like, oh, but this team also as well. It's pretty interesting. Everyone's saying the Oilers that this year. This that's the sexy pick. Yeah, I don't. I don't know if I could go full in on the Oilers. Just submerge myself in Edmonton. You know what? I'm going Oilers over Lightning. Oilers over Lightning in the worst so, rated Stanley Cup final for NBC ever. So you're picking fans. the Christian finals, but other way around. Of who wins. Yes. He picked Lightning over the Oilers. Yes, I'm going to go with the Oilers. Even though they don't have a lot of playoff experience, so I might regret that, but that's what I'm going to do. Man, oh, man. I'm li- <laughs> I will say Tampa okay. makes it out of the East. All right. And they will face. You see, I'm going to say name and then I'm going to instantly read it. I'm going to say Dallas. Dallas oh, makes it. God, in another terrible final. And in this case. Tampa wins. Tampa beats okay. Dallas. All right. You think Tampa finally gets over the hump? I think Tampa finally gets over the hump. All right, Nick. It's going to be a fun season. It is. And by the way, I, I don't know how you feel about your picks. I don't know how you feel about these picks. I feel disgusted by these I picks. feel disgusted also. These are going to be terrible. Yeah. But first episode of the season is in the books. Thank you for joining us. We'll have episodes throughout the season. Mark Wiener. You can follow him on Twitter at Mark Wiener underscore. You can follow me on Twitter at Nick Flash Show. It's going to be a fun season, folks. We'll keep you all the way through this upcoming season. Enjoy, Islanders fans.